Blog Talk Radio. One, two, one, two, three, hop! Hey, everybody. It must be Saturday night again around here, and time for yet another night with Daddy G. This is Gary Moore, along with Starzan and Curly and George and Groucho and whoever else I may be able to pull out of my sleeve or elsewhere. E-cocktails are ready. The chocolate fountain is ready. The only things missing have been you, so come on in and get ready for yet another night with Daddy G. Yeah. Oh, who's on first? Yeah. Oh, it's Tommy. Who? The guy on first. Who? The guy playing first base. Who? The guy on first. Who is on first? What are you asking me for? I'm asking you. <laughs> this is a gala day for you. Well, a gala day is enough for me. I don't think I can handle anymore.
Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, G Street Band. Welcome, everybody. Welcome to the Grotto. Yes, it is Saturday night again around here. Grab an e-cocktail. Come on in. Help yourself with some of those hot eaters and enjoy the show. This is Daddy G, along with his buddy Starzan. And, uh, yeah, while we wait for the rest of the world to show up, because they're usually fashionably late, I'm going to start some music. You may not even hear much from me tonight. I'm going to play a few tunes, and I'm going to make an announcement, and then uh, go into a little comedy. But anyway, how about a little defaz? Let's do the mambo craze. Why not? My heart is filled with gladness. Oh, look. The orchestra's getting ready. Dance with me, George. Like 
though you've only a small room. Make it your ballroom. Let's dance.
Yeah. <laughs> Little Kentucky headhunters with a jukebox full of blues. And what crossed my radar screen a little while ago kind of gave me the blues a little bit. But uh, it's about Ken Nordine. I don't know if you all have heard of Ken Nordine or know of Ken Nordine. He passed away today. And uh, he was 98 years old. Ken Nordine was famous back in the 50s and into the early 60s for a group and for a series of recordings called Word Jazz. And Professor R.J. Gumby, who is not here tonight, he had to crash. Totally understandable. Anyway, uh, gave me the word that he passed away today. 98 years old. He had a good run. R.I.P. Ken Nordine. And I can recall playing Ken Nordine and Word Jazz on the radio years ago, back when I was in Phoenix. Uh, word, it was wonderful stuff. I mean, just great stuff. And we would play it occasionally. And I'm going to play a little piece of it t- tonight, today, whatever, uh, from 1957. Ken Nordine and Word Jazz featuring... The Fred Katz Group uh, doing the instrumental on this. And this one's called What Time Is It? From their debut album, Word Jazz. There was this guy who was a regular guy who lived a regular life. Got up. 7.30 every morning had the same breakfast kissed the same wife goodbye every morning went to the same office came home this he did Monday through Friday on Saturdays he played with the children did handiwork around the house Sundays he took the family out on the station wagon to the suburbs and there they looked at the houses and the trees the billboards the gasoline stations and the railroad crossings And his life might have gone on like this forever. Except one night, something strange happened to him. You see, he went to bed at 10.30. And some of his friends stayed up later. And one of them, closing up a place that closed at 2 in the morning, decided to call this regular liver. And said, What time is it? On the telephone. Well, he woke up and he said, Who's this? Who's this? It's it's, it's two o'clock in the morning. It's no time to call. Bye. But the practical joker called every night, two o'clock in the morning. He did this for two weeks. Friend cajoled, said, who is it? Stop. Finally, after two weeks, the practical joker lost interest in the joke and did stop. Then came two o'clock and the phone didn't ring. So he woke up. Why isn't the phone ringing? He discovered that the only way that he could go back to sleep was to say, What time is it? Look at his watch and say two o'clock. And he could sleep. He did this a couple of nights until he began to think, It's two o'clock where I am. What time is it in New York? Or in Hollywood? Or in London, or in Hong Kong, in Cairo, he didn't know. So the next day he went out and he bought himself some clocks. He 
got clocks from all over, and he put them all over the walls, and the time was there. He knew what time it was everywhere that counted. And this made him feel comfortable. He became so interested in time that he got little egg timers and gave them away as presents. He read about time in, in books, sidereal time, time way out in the universe. He knew what time it was on Arcturus and the Pleiades and the Milky Way. One night, though, at two o'clock in the morning, the light wouldn't go on. The fuse had blown. But suddenly he realized he knew what time it was without even looking. Not only in the important cities of this world, but in the entire universe. And naturally, he began to brag a little the next day. He told people, I know what time it is. And they tested him. And he did know. The administration had changed at this particular time, and they wanted to save money. So they got rid of all their astronomers, all their telescopes, their weights and measures, and they put this man in Washington in a little room where he sits to this day simply saying, Beep, the time now is... Ken Nordine. Word jazz. R.I.P. Ken, 98 years old. That was a pretty good ripe age. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, that brings back a little members memories. I I hadn't thought of word jazz in a long time. I'm gonna have to play some more of that in the grotto in the future. But now we're gonna go into the past, into the past to the, a radio show from November of 1938. Bob Hope with his guest Chick Marx on the Pepsodent Radio Show, 1938. Welcome to the Old Time Radio Network Comedy, continuing America's love affair with comedy and those lovable characters that made us laugh. We now go back to the early days of radio comedy and our imaginations with our featured comedy presentation. Gentlemen, this is Bob Hope back again for the GOP. Good old Pepsodent. <laughs> Tonight, I'm just a lull between election returns. You know, there's been so many campaign speeches on the air lately, I turned on my radio last night and it handed me a cigar. <laughs> and what those politicians say about each other, it sounded like they were doing their Christmas wrapping early. <laughs> well, election day is almost over and I'm pretty tired. My uncle ran for office in Eagle Knob, California. And I've been voting all day. 
but it doesn't pay to be honest. I voted 12 times a day, and I only got paid for 10. <laughs> when my uncle got through voting, the ballot box was so stuffed it had to take six bicarbonates of soda. <laughs> my uncle isn't exactly crooked. I'd say he was sort of a pretzel with skin. <laughs> when he was running for office last year, he said he'd do the public good, and when he was elected, he kept his word. <laughs> he did them good. <laughs> But you'd like him. He's a great man. He came up from the gutter, and boy, is he homesick. <laughs> He's a very thorough politician. Two hours before the polls opened, he put in his application for a recount of the recount. <laughs> he had so many cigars in his pocket, he looked like a pipe organ. <laughs> but I want to take this opportunity to thank the 26 intelligent, honest, right-thinking voters of Eagle Knob who voted for my uncle. The other 2,000 know what they can do. <laughs> but the people are really slow in Eagle Knob. I entered the polling booth there, pulled back the curtain on the voting machine, and what do you think I found? A guy still voting for Hoover. <laughs> oh, but that's enough of that. Bill, tell the ladies and gentlemen who's elected to entertain the peps and the voters tonight. Well, Bob, we have one of the famous Marx brothers, Chico Marx, and in our usual roundup, Skinny Ennis and his band, the mad professor Jerry Colonna, through the courtesy of Warner Brothers, Six Hits and a Miss, and Bob Hope. Oh, that's Bill Goodman, ladies and gentlemen, the big outdoor man. We went up to his cabin in the woods over the weekend to do a little deer hunting. I came back without a buck. <laughs> Reminds me of Santa Anita. But boy, I said, there's nothing like getting out in the open. I love to go hunting in the woods. It fills me with something. Buckshot. <laughs> but it's marvelous up there around Bill's cabin. The deers eat right out of your hand. Here in Hollywood, they eat right out of your pocketbook. <laughs> Isn't that a slick line? <laughs> oh, but I tell you, the first day Goodwin shot of the moose, he came so close, he shot the milk pail right out from under it. <laughs> the second day out, I came face to face with a bear. It was pretty horrible for both of us. <laughs> it was a very old bear. It didn't have a tooth in its mouth. They were all in my arms. Bill shot at the bear 15 times without hitting it. Suddenly, the bear ran in the woods and came out a second later with a large red bullseye over its heart. <laughs> a large red bullseye over its heart. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, we went a little deeper into the woods and ran across an elephant. The elephant came up to me and said, uh, I've been hiding in here all day. How did we make out in today's election? <laughs> I told him, and he went deeper into the woods. You know, um, as Skinny Ennis and his band were up there hunting, Skinny's a great hunter, he fired one shot and ran up to Goodman and said, is the guitar player out of the woods? Goodman said, yes. Then Skinny said, really? Then I shot a bear. <laughs> Bill, that's a nice cabin you have up there. But did you really like it, Bob? Yes, Bill, except the bed you gave me. Well, when I made it up, I asked you if you wanted one lump or two. <laughs> Bill, that bed was so uncomfortable, even the beaver got out. <laughs> well, anyway, the trip was a success. All except the last day. I fell on a porcupine. Really? Did you, did you get the needles? Well, Bob, I, I have so many needles in me. Every time I eat spaghetti, my stomach knits a sweater. <laughs> Hiya, fellas. Hiya, Skinny. Say, Skinny, did you ever hunt bear? Yeah, but I don't like it. It's a leaf pickle. <laughs> Pickle. 
Yeah, but I'm, I'm disappointed in you, Bob. Why, what about Skinny? Well, you know that bread dog you sold me? Yeah. Well, he doesn't sing a note. <laughs> <laughs> what a hunter, Skinny. You couldn't bring down a duck off a meat hook. <laughs> well, everybody liked you up there, Bob. Really, Bill? Uh-huh. Even the parrot in my cabin. The parrot? Yeah. He woke me up in the middle of the night and said, Is that Bob Hope, the comedian? Mm-hmm. And, and I said, Yes. Yeah. So the parrot laid an egg as big as an ostrich and said, Let me see him top that. <laughs> Six tips of the mess are going to sing out Johnny Mercer's version of the musical football player Jamboree Jones. Take it, talent. I begin the story out in West Virginia in a little college. All the student body only cares football, never mind the knowledge. Never mind the sheepskin, they prefer the pigskin, seem to have it in their bones. They know all about it, couldn't live without it, all except a certain Mr. Jamboree Jones. He played the clarinet with all his might. He studied night and day. He practiced day and night. No running up the field for Mr. Jones. He'd rather run up the scale and down the scale. What comes? Meanwhile, the game might start to greater fame Till they were asked to play The famous Rose Bowl game Oh, Roses And on that day of day The students sing What did they do when the team marched on the field? I want to tell you, ladies and you gentlemen They sing Rock, 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 rock It's boom-bop, bop, the yeah, What to go A certain young Englishman received a letter from his father which read, I hope you take great care of your teeth and that you clean them well every morning and after every meal. But I do insist that you never use any of those sticks or hard substances which always rub away the gums and destroy the varnish of the teeth. And who do you think wrote this letter in 1754? It was none other than the famous Lord Chesterfield. Now, fortunately, the sticks and hard cleaning substance he speaks of have completely disappeared from modern American life. But the rest of Lord Chesterfield's advice is as important today as it was nearly 200 years ago. Think how he would have greeted Pepsid and toothpaste containing irium. Irium is the cleansing agent found only in Pepsodent of all toothpaste. Gently, quickly, effectively, it helps Pepsid and toothpaste brush away stubborn surface stains, leaving your teeth gleaming with natural brilliance. And always remember, Pepsid and toothpaste containing irium is safe in its action on teeth. Safe for children, safe for adults. 
because it contains no grit, no drugs, no bleach. Try Pepsodent today and see how effectively it reveals the true beauty of your teeth. And now, ladies and gentlemen, we take great pleasure in presenting one of the foremost comedians of Hollywood, one of the famous Marx Brothers whom you saw recently in the great RKO picture room service. Here he is, Chico Marx. Thank you very much. Well, so long, Bob. <laughs> Wait a minute, Chico, Chico, what are you leaving for? When the people applaud, that's enough for me. <laughs> Wait a minute, we got to do a show. I know, but i got to go home and learn how to play the piano. Well, can't you learn how to play next week? No, next week I'm giving a concert. <laughs> yeah, well, what about our audience? You've got to do something for them. Okay. <laughs> Wait a minute, Chico. This is no place to sell ice cream. Why not? We need some good humor around here. <laughs> Besides, Bob, i got to make it some money. But, Chico, you're getting a check for this program. Whose check? My check. <laughs> Look, Chico, what are you going to do tonight? Well, I think I just stand in the back and hit. <laughs> and you'll have plenty of company. <laughs> well, goodbye, Bob. I must go home now. <laughs> Say, Chico, you like that house of yours, don't you? How many bedrooms have you got? Bedrooms? Let me see. Uh... Oh, we got no bedrooms. No bedrooms? What do you sleep in at night? In my night shirt. <laughs> Some joke, eh, boy? <laughs> yeah, I think it's my turn to stand back here and hit. Say, uh... <laughs> have you got any bathtubs in the house? Well, I tell you, we got a new plan. We got a shower right over the bed. Shower right over the bed? Mm -hmm. All we got to do in the morning is to turn the water on, and then we don't get wet. <laughs> well, why don't you get wet? We don't sleep in the bed. <laughs> Look, Chico, if you don't sleep in the bed, where do you sleep? In the park. <laughs> yeah, but if you sleep in the park, well, what do you need the house for? Well, we got to have some place to keep the beds. <laughs> I don't know, but that sounds kind of stupid. Yeah, I got it that from my uncle. He was a kind of stupid too. Way over like this. <laughs> I get it, I get it, Chico. Well, it's so long, Bob. <laughs> I got to go now. I'm just itching to go home. Now, wait a minute, Chico. You've got to play the piano. All right, so where was I? Well, you were just itching. Okay, we start from scratch. <laughs> <laughs> wait, I've taken my coat off. All right, say that's a nice coat, but why do you wear it inside out like that? The other side belongs to Groucho. He's wearing it. <laughs> I wish I was with him. Ladies and gentlemen, Chico Marx will now play his own arrangement of an original composition based on the second Hungarian Rhapsody by Franz Liszt. ticket for the Rose Bowl football game? For the Rose Bowl? I'll say how much? Well, for you, five dollars. Five dollars? Five dollars. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay, here's your five dollars. Okay, here's your piece. Yeah. <laughs> a piece? Wait a minute. How about the rest of the ticket? Oh, that's no good. I can't make a much profit selling a whole ticket. 
Well, you only gave me the top part of the ticket. That's all right. You only sit on the top part of the seat. <laughs> Bob, I forgot to tell you. You know you got to go to see for that football game right in the middle. In the middle? Uh-huh. Yeah, right behind the middle of the scoreboard. <laughs> behind the scoreboard? But how do I see the game from there? Well, I tell you. I sell you a nice brace and a bit. Then you'll make a nicer hole for yourself. <laughs> I'm in the hole now. How much does that cost? $4.25. $4.25 for a brace and bit? Yeah, $4 for the brace and two bits for the bit. Yeah. <laughs> I wish Groucho was here to give me an answer for that one. I miss him more than you do. Anybody can drop a script. Go ahead. It's all right. I know, but I saw those jokes before. <laughs> You'll see him again, too. <laughs> hey, Bob. What's that? I'm going to do you a real big favor. Oh, don't go home so early, Chico. <laughs> no, I'm going to let you have a pair of field glasses for the game. Well, Chico, I'm not so sure I can afford it. How much are you going to let me have them for? Very cheap. Only 25 cents. Well, that's reasonable enough. Now, how about some lenses for the glasses? $50. <laughs> well, Chico, how much would you charge me if I don't go to the game? Well, what seat are you not going to sit in? <laughs> how about not sitting on the 50-yard line? That's no good. There are too many people not sitting there now. <laughs> You'd be in the way. <laughs> We got some more jokes. Huh? <laughs> well, here we go again. What is it now? Chico? I got a something else you need very badly at the game. What is it? A radio? No, it's a map. Shows you how to get to go out, go out for the game. Yeah, that's a good idea, Chico. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think it's a little late to put on your glasses. Look, <laughs> Chico. It's, <laughs> it's pretty crowded on New Year's Day. Let's take a look at that map. Here you are. Now look. You take a number 66, and you go out about a four mile. Uh-huh. That brings you to uh, 33. Yeah. Now you go out of 33 about two miles. Now 66 and a 33, that makes a 99. Now you're on the right road. <laughs> now you take a 99 for 280 miles, and that brings you to the Grand Canyon. Oh, boy, that's a beauty. <laughs> Say, that gives me an idea, Chico. I've never been there, and I'll need a vacation about New Year's. Is there any fishing? Sure, fishing and a hunting. You want to buy a license? <laughs> I was afraid of that. Wait till I go home and sell my annuity. <laughs> Say, maybe you'd like to have buy these football tickets back. 
No, thanks. I'll let you have them for $3 a piece. No, thank you. Oh, all right. You can have them for nothing. I won't need them now. No, I don't want them. What's the matter? Don't you want to see the game? I saw the game. California won 13 to nothing. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's the score of last year's game. That's all right. You got a last year's ticket. Sings that beautiful number by Larry Clinton, My Reverie, based on a scene by Claude Debussy. Okay, Skinny, take. How long is it dream in my reverie? I can see that it's love. Never true in a world of romance, be so cool as you are to me. I do. I wish I could Life will never begin to be. I love you in my reverie. Make my dream reality. Let's dispense with formality. Come to me in my reverie. I love you in my reverie. Make my dream reality. Let's dispense with formality. Come to me in my reverie. In my reverie. Sunshine of your smile tonight. A little clouded over, maybe looking just a little sad. Well, then why not decide to swing over to Pepsodent Tooth Powder containing Irium? Pepsodent, and only Pepsodent of all tooth powders, contains Irium, the new cleansing agent. And Irium is the remarkable discovery that helps Pepsodent remove stubborn surface stains from your teeth. At least twice a day, night and morning, every day of your life, use Pepsodent Tooth Powder and you'll be rewarded. It won't be long before you say you never dreamed your teeth could sparkle so. And you never knew your mouth could feel so fresh, so clean as it does when Pepsodent Tooth Powder Containing Irium is always on the job. Best of all, Pepsodent Powder Containing Irium is safe in its action on teeth because it contains no grit, no drugs, no bleach. So if you want these effective cleansing results, try Pepsodent Tooth Powder with Irium. Thank mm-hmm. you.
Although it's made him dizzy, that old bush leaguer Bob Hope is going around in circles to give you his version of Stop Beating Round the Mulberry Bush. All right, circulate, Bob. Hey, Bill. Yes, yes, Bob. I'm in trouble. I got a summons for $50,000. You did? What's the matter? Well, look, last week yeah. I called up my girl and I told her to stop beating around the mulberry bush and to come right out and tell me she loves me. Yeah? I asked her to marry me and she accepted. Well, I don't see any breach of promise there. Yeah, but I had the wrong number. <laughs> but boy, this is serious, Bob. What you need is a good lawyer. What I need is $50,000. Listen, I-, I know just a man for you. Well, one thing, is he good? I- is he good? Why, he got my sentence cut down from 90 to 60 days. Really? Gee, for having one headlight out, too. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. If you ever go through a red light, let me know and I'll give you a farewell party. <laughs> Come on, Bob, let's go. Well, here it is, Bob. Law offices of Cohen, Goldfarb, Cohen, and O'Cavity. How how did old Cavity get in there? He put up the money. <laughs> Let's go in. Hey, gosh, it's dark in here. Oh, pardon me. That's all right. I'm only the desk. <laughs> I wish they'd turn the lights on. We never do that during lunch hour. Why not? The bosses get jealous when they see me eat. <laughs> Hello, law offices of CGC and OK. A divorce? What time would you like? Reno, Mexico, or radio? What's a radio divorce? When you get married again, we guarantee you a spot on the Eddie Cantor program. <laughs> Goodbye. Say, look, miss, my friend Bob Hope wants to hire a good lawyer. Well, you better try someone else. The last case we defended was Paul Revere for parking his plug in front of a plug. <laughs> Ah, a case, a case. Come right in. Have a seat. Have a cigar. Have an accident? Are you attorney O'Cavity? Yes, and you can't lose. It's an open and shut case. You were home alone that night reading a book. Uh-huh. Now I'll call Central Casting and get two witnesses who are with you. <laughs> Very nice, but I have a breach of promise suit on my hands. Breach of promise? She can't do that to you. Promising to marry you? Breaking your heart? Leaving you crushed and broken like a second-hand Dixie cup? We'll sue for $20,000. That's well, but there's just one catch. What's that? She's suing me for 50000 Oh, lucky me. <laughs> we'll make a settlement. Let's say 25000 for her and 25000 for me. Uh, wait a minute. Where will I get the money? Haven't you entered the movie quiz? <laughs> What a lawyer. He probably went through law school on a student tour. Oh, 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 pardon me. There goes another ambulance. This trial. Hold on to the customer while I do a little role work. Hey, don't tell me Attorney O'Cavity's an ambulance chaser. Mister, he's been chasing ambulances so long, he has roller skates on his briefcase. <laughs> oh, there are those ambulance drivers. Put grease on the running board again. <laughs> What were you saying before they rang for me? I said I was being sued. Oh, that's nothing. So Sally ran. Yeah, but she'll probably wiggle out of it. <laughs> hey, how about making out your will? Only $25 extra. Oh, 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 there it goes again. Wait a minute. I'm going with you this time. Okay, hang on. We'll drop off the courthouse. Hey. Hey, boy, this is a busy court. Listen to the hustle and bustle. Hello, hustle. Hello, bustle. <laughs> Sixth session of the Court of Sessions is a session, and I do mean session. Yeah, man. 
there's the girl right over there, Susie Sapina. We all call her Sweet Sue. Uh, hello, Sue. Hello, Cavity. Well, here we are again. Here you are, Giddy O' Cracker Jack, Popcorn Alibi, Fail Bonds, and a Tootsie Footsie Ice Cream. <laughs> Who's that? Uh, that's the girl's lawyer, Ravelli. <laughs> hey, boss, do you call me? Yeah, I want to make a deal with you. That's fine. How about draw poker? Here's your card. <laughs> My card? I got a five aces. I think I'll open. What do you got? I got a headache. <laughs> Ravelli, if you were my lawyer, I'd say you were crazy. Yes, As a matter of good. fact, if you were my lawyer, I'd say I was crazy. Sounds, sounds just like Groucho, no? No. <laughs> Tell me, why is your client suing me for breach of promise? I'm running a special on the breach of promise this week. Next week, a habeas corpus with green flowers. With green flowers? Yeah, habeas Irish rose. Some sort, right? <laughs> No. No. I object. <laughs> so I read anybody's lines. What are you... <laughs> What are you objecting for? The trial hasn't started. Well, I'm just warming up. Order <laughs> in the court. Order. The judge is about to appear. Greetings, Gates. Let's arbitrate. <laughs> Hello, Sue. How are you? Hello, Judge. Well, where were you on the night of October 25th? At home. You should have been with us. What a brawl. <laughs> is the jury present? Hello, Judge. Sue, you remember the boys? Sure. Hiya, fellas. Hello, Sue. What new? <laughs> I'll give three to one. I lose this case. <laughs> That's no good. You can get 12 to one from the jury. <laughs> Judge Colonna, I think there's 30 days. <laughs> well, Judge, that isn't 60 days. Wait a minute. You can't give me 60 days. Ah, yes, Maeve. My time is your time. <laughs> Bring the defendant and the plaintiff to the bar. You grant yourself two tall through that, but and see your dentist twice a year. I do. I do. I now pronounce you man and wife. <laughs> I object. You're here to dispense justice. Very well. Justice will be dispensed with. <laughs> Continue with the case. It's your shot, Mr. Ravelli. <laughs> okay, I take to the witness. Hey, Hope, where were you on the night of February the 30th? There wasn't any night of February the 30th. Oh, so you stole that too, eh? I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm not exactly proud of you either, Ravelli. I object. Objection Obje overruled. All right, I object again. Objection overruled. That's fine. Now I got a pair of overrules. <laughs> judge, I'm getting sick and tired of this case. Yeah, come on, Judge. Stop beating around the mulberry bush and settle this case once and for me. Silence. I have reached the decision. Oh, please. I'm afraid to listen. What kind of a trial is this, anyway? Am I going to get justice? Ah, justice. Justice, a famous justice once said. Hope. Hope. Thank you. Oh, oh, there she goes again. Quick, where's my waistband? Hey, that's for my case. Just a minute, Chaser. What about my case? And what about my case? I object. You can't object. You're the judge. Objection overruled. I'm throwing this case right out of court. <laughs> What happened, Judge? I forgot to let go of the case. Excuse me, Bob. Oh, Bob. 
What have we for next week? Oh, well, next week we're really going to town, Bill. We have that man with us. Yeah, that man? That man, Groucho Marx. He's coming over and explaining the whole thing. Then we'll have our regular cast, Kenny Anderson's band, Six Hits and a Miss, Jerry Colonna, Bill Goodman, and Bob Hope. Thank you. Good night, ladies and gentlemen. Until next Tuesday night at the same time, the President Company bids you good night. This is the National Broadcasting Company. The best and the brightest, served up daily by the sharpest minds in content delivery, Podjo and Limelight. From 1938, Bob Hope featured with guest Old Marks, Bill Goodman. That was a very popular radio show back in the day. They sold a lot of peps in that toothpaste. <laughs> okay. I'll be back on Riverside Forest. You're listening to Daddy G Radio in the Grotto. Watch me pull a rabbit out of my hat. Again? Nothing up my sleeve. Presto! No doubt about it. I gotta get another hat. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. We will now play Romani's Sequidines by Lita Kranz. <clears throat> oh, yeah, he's got that poem about the dreadnought with the bicuspid canafran. You're wrong, gentlemen. It's strictly a case of latches and pippics. A 10th century, Rasbanya Shatepini Fuchi Atirimene Akarongi. Come in. That's right. You guessed it. It's time for another Daddy G sing-along. Whee! That's right. You know the words. You know the you know the drill. Everybody sing.
drummer speelt een breek. Zij voelt in haar hart een steek. Daar gaat Loesje met dat leuke bloesje. Loesje vindt de drummer toch zo'n echte leuke vent.
And this one goes out to my girl with the crimson hair.
I could just stand here forever. But I can, I don't have to stand because we, we have another song. All right. And it's called What You Got.
We'd like to see some more of you, and particularly from one of you. Now, somebody in mind that might want to play along with this last grand finale. I was thinking about this guy over here. I'm not sure whether he dares. Because he seems to know all the lyrics. Would you play along? <laughs> He's having a heart attack. You have to play with him. He's on stage at the Royal Albert Hall. Yeah. So when he's ready, I'm gonna count to four. One, two, one, two. 